Hi, I'm Paul Swinkler and welcome to Tech Interviews. On this week's show, we're destroying all of the data as we take a look at the world of data erasure. So settle back and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Paul Stringfellow. Welcome to another edition of Tech Interviews. Uh, so on this week's show, we're going to explore a real interesting topic, actually, one, well, certainly an interesting topic to me. Um, as many of you know, you know we talk about data uh, and, and data management and creation and storage of data quite a lot on this show. Uh, but one topic that we've not explored particularly has been the idea of data destruction, uh, data erasure, or, or even the, the opposite of that, data permanence. And, and how do you build strategies and what kind of technologies are in place to help us to get rid of data at the end of its life cycle. And that's becoming an increasingly important conversation that I'm having with, with many of the enterprises and, and senior IT folk that, that I talk to as, as part of my day job. Uh, so um, this week, we're going to explore that topic um, with, uh, with a special guest. Uh, it's actually a guest who, who contacted me with this idea for a show, thought it made, uh, made a really good topic and, and one that I was keen to explore. So, uh, so joining me this week, I've got Paul Katzoff. Paul, how are you doing? Very good, Paul. Pleasure to be on your show with you, and thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, thanks for uh, spending some time with us. And, um, well, before we start, as we always do on the show, uh, why don't we take a minute to find out a little bit about who you are and what it is you do? Sure. I'm Paul Katzoff. I'm the CEO of White Canyon Software. I've been with the company for 12 years, actually. Uh, started off in tech support and been in the CEO role, CEO role for three years. Uh, we manage the secure erasure of data. So, for laptops, desktops, servers, mobile devices, we handle that kind of area of securely erasing all your important information. Well, I just said, Paul, in the, the intro, um, well, sorry, two things, actually. Firstly, I love the story of you started off in tech support and now you're the CEO. You know, you, you don't you don't <laughs> often hear that kind of story. I mean, I think um, I, I think people like to talk about it in um, in positive uh, books and, and when they do, uh, when, yeah. they, when they stand up on stage telling everybody about how, how everybody can achieve stuff. So um, so it's great to hear somebody who's, who's actually gone through that process. Um, and I suppose that gives you kind of a, a unique perspective on the company in terms of knowing the whole thing top to bottom and kind of understanding every job in the company. It does, but you know, you don't ever get that job and expect that's what's going to happen in the future, that you're going to move up and move up and move up. But you just focus on doing your work every day and kind of getting more and more experiences as that builds. Those opportunities kind of opened up for me, at least, and it was great. But you're right, like working with my tech support managers or my techs, I get to say, hey, you know, I was sitting in your chair 12 years ago, 10 years ago. Um, I know what it's like to answer cases. I know what it's like to answer calls, to have upset customers. I know exactly what you're dealing with. I've been here through it all. I went to the sales side. I know the issues when the salespeople promise things that, that we don't have or that we don't have yet. I know I know how to deal with all that, um, but I'm here to support you. I, I'm here to kind of help you guys be successful. And it's uh, it's been really good, really, really fun. And I can't believe you're suggesting that salespeople uh, try and sell things that they can't necessarily <laughs> deliver. Um, I, 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 I've never heard that before. Um, so I'm sure I'm sure nobody's ever had a salesperson promise uh, over promise yeah. and, and under deliver. So um, and of course they wouldn't. Um, so so luckily our audience tends to be uh, tech folks. So uh, hopefully there's no salespeople listening. Apologies if there is, because uh, I'm sure the salespeople <laughs> who are listening to this show uh, would never do such a thing. So um, anyway, Paul, we, we kind of um, so you, you touched on a little bit about what you, what, what you guys do as a kind of a, as a day job uh, sure. or, or as a job um, and as I said in the introduction I think it's it's an increasingly important area and I think one that people are becoming increasingly aware of is this idea of 
data erasure you know what do we do with our data at the end of the life cycle of it you know whether that's the end of the life cycle of the data or maybe the end of the life cycle of the equipment that, that people are running it on yep. um so so before we explore in detail do you want to set a little bit of context around kind of the uh, of the data erasure uh, market the data erasure challenges that you see out there you know the kind of sure. kind of common situations you see your customers come up with Okay, well, data erasure is not anything new or special. It's been around since tapes, since the you know 70s, 80s, 90s. Data erasure has always been there as an alternative to shredding or degaussing your your devices or media storage um, devices as well. But what's happened in the last five or six years is the data breaches, the data information privacy acts have kind of created a a need in the market to say, hey. You know, previously our data was stored here. It went through our process, our end of life cycle, um, IT retirement process, and all of a sudden it left our facility. And now how are we protected if there's a legal liability from that data getting out there and all of a sudden we're getting a financial penalty because of it. And that has driven kind of the market to kind of focus to A, grow, but also kind of focus on how it's done, what's the best methods to do it, what's sustainable, what's not sustainable, and are there trustworthy companies that can do it and are performing it correctly? Because in the end, what it is is really is that trust is this company or this software is gonna erase all my data, provide me with that report, and then when these devices leave my facility, is all the data gone? You know, And do I need to verify, do I need to have a tech go through the, the sector viewer and see every sector, make sure that they're all zeros, make sure they're all ones. What's the best method for me to kind of protect myself and, and the organization's liability than their, our exposure? So that's kind of grown. I think it's going to continue to grow over the next five or six years. We're going to see this um, even a decade. I think data is going to become part, data management is going to be a big part of what every organization does and will do, you know, for the foreseeable future. Well, I'm glad you said that because, uh, you know, my, my day job is to talk to people about building data strategies. So I'm hoping data management is going to continue to be a, a part of what, what everybody's doing. Um, but you, you touched on a couple of things there that, that are really interesting. And um, I'll actually, I'll kind of pick them in reverse order a little bit. So so you talked about that importance of when somebody raises data. Cause you, and I love the use of the phrase degaussing. It's been a long time since I've had a degaussing wand um, in my hand to, to, to get data off something. Um, but... You know, how, how important do you think it is today um, and is it becoming increasingly important that actually if we're talking about data erasure that we have some kind of certification of proof? You know, you've seen increasingly that businesses and, and enterprises being asked for that kind of thing. You know, it's no good just saying, yeah, I, you know, I, I put a hammer through the disk. We, we need something more, more official, more traceable than that. <clears throat> traceable is exactly what you the, the issue there is. All of a sudden you have a tech sign a document and say, hey, I destroyed your 200 drives. Well, if your drives are worth 20, 30 bucks, he just shredded, you know, $1,200 or $800 worth of material or devices. And is there a leak or a loophole? Is there a way for him to get those devices out and sell them and make some extra money? So there are some issues and, and weaknesses in the physical destruction realm. As far as the certification side, it's not overly difficult to create an erasure program, right? To make it be basically compatible with 
you know, a few of the laptops out there, you can put some code together to send it out there. Um, what happens though is, did you get all the different areas of the drive, the DCA, the DCOs, the HPAs, you know, are you working with TPM chips correctly? Are you working with all these different new components and technological advances? Or are you saying it does, and when it comes down to it, into a spot check, into a forensic analysis, all of a sudden you're falling short. And so these certifications that are out there like a DIS in the UK, common, site, common criteria, EAL2+, you know, these all kind of speak to an organization's ability to erase the, de the, the device properly and, and securely. And if you have that, hopefully you've reached that kind of level where people can trust that your software is doing what it says it does. Uh, the other part is compatibility. We are in a, a cat and mouse game with technology, to be honest with you. There's new devices coming out all the time, new ways of storing media and data. You, we have to access those and be compatible with them. You know, we can't get a call from a client saying, hey, I can't, can't boot this NetApp device. You know, can you help me? And we say, well, we can't do it. Sorry, we hang up the phone. So there's this big you know, push between all the players in the market to be as compatible as possible. And so there's lots of headaches, lots of issues. Um, but it's it's maturing quite a bit actually. I think it's going to reach a very high maturity level, like I said, four or five years from now. And I think that that maturing is important as well, isn't it? And you know, and and actually one of the things that I hadn't really thought about is that I, I guess certification also will give a customer. So you know, if if they've come to you and you've said yes, I've destroyed some data and I've got some certification, but if that certification is also meeting kind of a a, a requirement, you know, it's not just Paul, Paul certification that he's printed off at home. You know, it's it goes beyond that, and, and I suppose that that level of standards, I suppose, was the word I was looking for. That if you're meeting a standard, that that gives a customer a, a level of confidence that indeed that that data has been erased properly. Is 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 that increasingly crucial as well? Yeah, and they should still do some spot checks on their self. You know, they should use a third-party verification tool to go in and check this the software or check the the devices and drives as well. Um, a lot of the the ITADs, we call them IT asset disposition providers or, or secondhand processors, they have a erasure system where they're erasing thousands of devices a week, um, if not tens of thousands. And so they have in their processes a backup of a third party verification tool that goes in and double checks all the erasure. And they have to spot check something like three out of 100 drives, something like that. And they just grab random ones, test them, make sure that all the data is erased and they go from there. So there's um, always it's always dutiful to do the kind of the backup, the double checking, but if you have the correct tool and you're not going to see those issues and concerns come up later on. And it's very easy to say yes to it. Say, hey, let's go with this tool. For some reason, it's half off or it's 75% less than the other guy. Let's use that guy. And then all of a sudden, three weeks, three weeks later, you got tech headaches. You got, you know, all that kind of nonsense. So. Well, and the other thing that, because um, we've kind of gone off on a couple of branches there, the other thing that you talked about that I, that I wanted to kind of pick up on, um, and I think it's a, it's an important thing that I've not really considered before we um, before we started chatting today, was how the world has changed, you know, particularly over, you know, without without talking about the, the big C word, but with, you know, looking back over kind of how the world's changed in the last eight, nine months, um, ha have you seen the problem shift as well so the problem of data erasure and data payments have you seen a change in the the way organizations are, are approaching the problem or, or or is it even creating a new problem they've not considered previously well this the you know like you mentioned what's happening here is all of a sudden this is amazing first off and it speaks to the internet and how connected we are as we had 
almost 100% of our workforce go remote, right, throughout the U.S. and throughout the U.K., Europe, everywhere. And that was great. I mean, businesses kept functioning, you know, emails kept communication going. Um, but what happened uh, is it opens it opens up some other can of worms for, for data security, uh, you know, specialists and, and others out there. And that is all of a sudden you have a remote workforce. If they don't have work laptops, they're now accessing your, your work network through VPNs. They're jumping in there and they're downloading data. They're downloading Excel files, other documents, information down to their home computer, home laptop. All of a sudden this opens a question of A, you know, who has access to that data? You know, does a neighbor's kid come over and all of a sudden he can open it up and see your Excel, you know, files that show, you know, your future earnings and things like that? Or is your home Wi-Fi um, protected? You know, corporations are spending millions of dollars to protect their, their corporate infrastructure, um, their networks and, and data completely. Then all of a sudden you have all your data out at 20,000 households and in their homes. And can they be targeted by hackers to perform attacks on that home Wi-Fi, gain access to that home computer, and, and gain access to your information or HIPAA-related information, uh, GDPR-related information as well. So the headache here is the remote workforce is great. It's created an amazing ability for, for the economy to keep continuing. At the same time, on the chief data officer side, they are looking at this with, <laughs> if, if they haven't looked at it yet, they're looking at it with a big headache going, okay, how do we manage this data that's gotten out there? What should we do? How do we implement data security policies? Do we require employees to erase their home computers? Can we? Do we have the ability to say, hey, you need to erase that computer now that you're back in the office? Or is that overstepping the bounds and you've now infringed on your employees' um, you know, rights? And all of a sudden, well, how will your employees feel like that, that they have to erase their home computer and provide you a report of that erasure? Um, mobile devices as well, you know, iPads, uh, notebooks, things like that all kind of pertain to that area. So it's not cut and dry. There's going to be some headaches and hopefully not a lot of big data breaches or issues that way, but it is opening some big concerns for a lot of players out there. So, Paul, actually, that, that brings up a really interesting point. Again, not something I'd really considered. Is that kind of employer-employee um, relationship, you know, that idea of maybe we're supplying our end users with devices, you know, they're perhaps their corporate-owned devices, but there's an element of we want them to feel like they're their devices because, you know, hopefully they're going to treat them better and, and treat them with a little more respect than if they just think it's a, a work device that's that's maybe has less value to them. But the flip side of that is that that concerns your data. And I think that's um, that's an interesting challenge, isn't it, around how you then treat the erasure of data on that and whether actually you should. Um, you know, and it, it, again, is that is that a growing problem? Um, you know, and, and how are you seeing companies deal with that currently? Well, I think it hasn't really hit yet. I think the the corporate structure out there and the executive teams are discussing it, saying, hey, we've allowed this data to get out there. How should we how should we manage it? And they're getting suggestions saying, hey, try this, try that. And I think on their side, what they're realizing is they need to have a policy enforced. And if they do impose that and go that with that avenue, that that um, ability, how their employees react, what will be their kind of you know response to it? Will it turn into a just a nightmare? you know, just employee uprising, quote unquote, uprising, and how they feel about it. I mean, like you said, you want your employees to treat these computers and these devices carefully. And all of a sudden it has, you know, pictures of their kids and cats and other information on there. 
but also your information's on there as well. And how do you separate it? How do you allow yourself to erase your data? And did you do the right thing by allowing them to use it for personal use as well? And that brings up a whole conundrum of how do you, how would you manage it? And, you know, let's say someone does say, hey, well, sorry, I already donated that computer, I already sold it. You know, how do you manage it after that point? How do you protect yourself from that laptop that's now in the wild and anyone can get it and maybe do a restore and get your information off of it? So there's some big concerns, big headaches. They haven't happened yet, uh, thank goodness. But I think everyone's looking at this on the data security side and saying it's coming. You know, it's going to be here at some point. It's going to happen to someone, a big player, small player. It's going to start happening. You know, what do we do to kind of avoid this? Yeah, it's it's interesting because because I think when we we first started talking about about this, I, I was expecting maybe our conversation would go along the lines of how we dealt with this as a technology problem, and, and you know let's you know let's not jump again. You know, there is a technology problem here to solve, which is how we successfully and, and erase that data, how we can prove we've erased that data, and you know and and how we do it to a level where there is no opportunity for somebody to recover that. But it's not just right. about that, is it? That you know it's it, it's interesting that the more we talk about how much of this is around policy and procedure and around management and setting expectation um, and, and strategically understanding kind of um, you know and I, I suppose he introduces talking about kind of data lifecycle management um, you know that, that was perhaps uh, you know I'll pat myself on the back here but that was perhaps more more accurate description of this than I realized in that this is yeah. not just about how do I delete stuff but this is how about how do I look after that data with understanding that deletion is part of my data strategy, you know, and, and, and you know, deletion and destruction of, of data, you know, I, I understand that's part of my strategy. So making sure that I plan for that, but also think about all the potential impacts of, of what happens when I say to somebody, I'm now going to wipe all the data off your device that you've thought's been yours for the last three years. You know, so, yeah. so I think it's, a, it's an interesting challenge. So, and I suppose it opens up a question for me around how people are approaching not only how people are approaching this problem right now, but what what kind of things should they be thinking about in the future? You know, is there is is there any shift in kind of technology and trends that that people should be aware of? Um, there's there's some major shifts as far as protecting devices and protecting data. You know, Apple laptops have some new chips and new you know kind of chipsets designing them to kind of protect the information on those devices. That's always going to happen. You're always going to have hardware manufacturers trying to create a hardware solution to storing data. Um, the issue with that, the reason why it's kind of a cat and mouse game, is at some point those are going to get broken or kind of accessed or be able to, to be used five, six years from now, whether it's encryption technology or whatever it is. So that's always going to continue. I think there's always going to be backdoors, always going to be jailbreaks or things to get in there. And so overall, um, organizations need to look at their data life cycle and say, okay, this is how we protect our data through the steps. You know, when we store it, when we get rid of it, where it goes, all of that. Um, but in the end, what's going to really kind of change the, the market or change corporations is understanding not only the value of the data, because you can, you can, you know, mine it and get some information, marketing information, things like that. Um, but also the risk of storing it, the personal information, the HIPAA information as well. But also that, you know, over time, this data is going to become more and more vital and more and more important. You know, GDPR has kind of positioned it that way. We Here in the U.S., we have a federal data privacy law that's kind of getting kicked around. It's going to come out soon. As an organization, how are you going to manage your data properly so it's it's the same now as it is a decade from now? Can you 
you know, think ahead far enough to protect it and do it and manage it correctly through that whole life cycle. Um, it's it's an interesting area. I, you know, when you get into data erasure, it's kind of old hat. All to, IT managers aren't very impressed with data erasure. It's just, you know, like we said earlier, it's, it's something that's been around forever. But all of a sudden, this rusty tool that you've had forever is, now has to become sharpened and a part of your tool set, of your day-to-day -day use. And how does a corporation do that is kind of the, it's interesting. I love that part of it. It's really fun. And, and I think make a really good point as well about, um, you know, I, th I think some, you know, we might have listened to, this, you know, people might have been listening or watching the show at the beginning and, and considering, well, data erasure, you know, what, what else could I possibly learn? But I think it's fascinating how, right. how quickly we've moved into this being a conversation about data management strategy, about the way we think about managing devices, user policy, or all of those kind of things. So, yeah. you no, know, if, if, I suppose if I if I'm listening to this, uh, you know, I'm listening to this, and I'm a, uh, somebody who's involved in either technically trying to solve this problem or developing strategies around it. You know, what what are some of the kind of key things that people should be looking at? You know, what are some of the considerations that we should have in place for for thinking about? data, you know, as you said at the beginning, data payments, data erasure, you know, what, what, are, what are some of the things we should be considering? Uh, and particularly, I think, if we're dealing with this at scale, at kind of a, an enterprise scale, because I can, it's okay worrying about deleting and, uh, and erasing the data on one device, but, but how do we right. build a, a, a holistic policy for tens of, hundreds of, thousands of endpoints, thousands right. of devices? Right. Um, first off, I think you need to reach out to experts that know the industry, know it backwards and forwards. You know, here at YKN Software, like I said earlier, we've been doing this for 22 years. So we know it backwards and forwards. Uh, we work with large organizations like Citibank. They have a quarter of a million devices out there in the world. How do they manage all those devices? We're part and parcel of how they kind of run that system. So we're very excited about where this data is going, how it's being stored. We're going to help you guys kind of see the efficiencies you can gain. Just like you said, if you just erase each device individually, you're going to have 10,000 employees busy for three years. That's not the efficient kind of scaling that you need on your side. Uh, speak with us. We can take you through the steps to kind of manage that data correctly and properly and take that to the next level and kind of smooth out the wrinkles, make it work the way that you need it to work. And we can also work with each organization's different. We can work with their ERP systems, all that kind of stuff. That's kind of our expertise and has been, you know, for years. Yeah, I, I think that's a, you know, that's that's hugely valuable in terms of, um, you know, speaking to experts in, in any kind of area. And I think particularly when it starts coming down to data, you know, and, and when it's as important as, um, you know, because I suppose I could look at this as, data erasure is very much part of data governance and data security. You know, it's not just about deleting things. It's about proving sure. you've deleted it. It's about being able from a regulatory point of view, you know, you've, you've mentioned regulations a couple of times about from a regulatory point of view, being able to prove that you've done the thing that you've said you've been able to do. If you have a data leak, it's about being able to prove that you took all of the steps that you're supposed to take in, in terms of erasing that. You know, and, and from a, I mean, I suppose from a technology point of view, you know, from a um, absolutely right in terms of speaking, to get, getting expert help when it comes to strategy and planning. But from a from a technology point of view, is there, is there also things people should be considering? Are they, you know, may, maybe looking at can yourselves as white can you know what what kind of tooling can you make available that that can help a business in you know particularly at kind of the enterprise level to to manage data erasure. 
Sure. Uh, on the enterprise data erasure side, that's kind of where you you see the difference from the at-home coder that made an erasure tool to companies like ourselves that kind of package our you know our solution into remote kill tools where you can push this out via PSExec, Active Directory. You can destroy any device or erase any device on your network. You can get that report emailed back to you or saved to a network location. We have all sorts of features and, and setups where you can erase a workbench of 200 devices at one time. So you can set up a, you know, a whole, you know, five or six workbenches, flow through your devices at end of life, get them out and resold or back to the lease or whatever you need to do on your side so that all your data is protected. You have your reporting, you have all that information on your side to protect yourself and a very efficient process to keep your costs down as well. That, actually, that brings, uh, raised an interesting question for me from, um, you know, actually that example of kind of 200 devices on a workbench kind of thing, you know, so so I suppose if I'm listening to this, because one approach to data erasure, of course, is to go to a third party company who do data erasure. Um, and right. so somebody might be looking at that and saying, well, you know, so Paul here is a CEO of, of a software company that supply tools that allow me to do that myself. You know, did, did you have any guidance for, for people who might be listening to this on the kind of do it yourself versus getting somebody to do it for you kind of debate. I'm not saying either is right or wrong, but is there is there reasons why yeah. you might pick one over the other? Um, so the market's always like third party service providers. There's just a cost savings there. There's less headache. You're not trying to hire these workers, train them, get them, you know, running on in your facility. You can just bring in a third party provider or, or just ship your devices to a third party provider. Here in the U.S., the HIPAA regulations have kind of changed that, where anyone that touches your data is now liable. So if you're if you have the data in your organization as a healthcare organization or a health insurance organization, and it leaves and goes to a third party, and they're supposed to erase it, and then it goes, you know, and they resell it or whatever. If if that data did make it through, or let's say a laptop got stolen or something like that, all the providers, everyone that touched that device, is now liable and, and will get a fine for that. So what these health organizations have said, you know what, we need to do this in-house. We, we need to do it over here first, get that proof, and then provide it to the third-party providers to do what they want. And sometimes you have third-party providers go in-house and do it for the for the customer on their site, on location. Um, we don't really have an opinion on that. You know, one way or the other, whatever is the most cost-effective for you, that's great. They bring in an expertise of erasure of processing devices. That's always a plus. But most importantly, you need to follow the regulations for your industry. You know, if there is liability for you for any data getting out, you need to, to protect yourself first. Don't rely on those third-party service providers. Um, case in point, Morgan Stanley had a has an ITAD that had data get out two or three times. They just have a $60 million fine from the OCR. So that's $60 million out, you know, in, in, a, uh, in a fine that they've, yeah, they trusted this third-party provider. That third-party provider should have done a better job, but ultimately they're responsible for that data, and you have to be responsible for that data and manage it correctly. And you're you're next on the line if it if it isn't. So, well, that, that, I suppose that raises and you know just kind of one more question I think before we're, before we look to wrap up because say you know I, I think it's a really fascinating topic and you know and I think one that's taken us down a bunch of avenues that I perhaps not necessarily expected it to. Um, so I suppose one one question that springs to mind is, so, so some people may be you know maybe watching this show and thinking I'm not sure whether I need to worry about data destruction, data erasure. Um, so, so have you got any tips for, uh, you know, because I suppose I'm sure it's easy to say that 
all organisations should worry about this kind of thing. I think to a point they probably should. But but have you sure. got any kind of guidance on if somebody's unsure, you know, what, what kind of things should they consider in terms of their data estate that would drive the, you know, would, would drive you in a kind of, to, you know, putting your expert hat on to say, actually, I would absolutely be considering how I dealt with my data at the end of its life. You know, data comes in all different forms. You know, you have customer contact information, you have, uh, it gets into private health information, you have other information about your clients and users and, and even employees as well. Data comes in all different kind of avenues. If you're sitting on your side saying, hey, I don't need to worry about data erasure or data security, I would just caution and say, take a closer look at what your data is. Look into your databases, look into that information, and see if there's things in there that you don't want to get out if your information was in there. And also on the regulation side, that's protected or that should be protected from getting out there. And I think what you'll really find is, you know, almost all data is protected nowadays. You know, the 50 in the U.S. 50 states, every state has a data breach notification law. So if you've received a data breach of X amount size, you have to notify everyone within a set amount of time or you get a fine. So there's these different levels of protection that are coming in and I think it's going to get tighter and tighter. You might be safe now, but fast forward three years from now, you're going to be left out of it. You're going to be trying to catch up because you didn't implement solutions and, and best practices right now. And maybe you'll regret it, maybe you'll catch up very quickly. But it, it is coming, I, I feel, on my side. I think it's going to reach a very high kind of control point in the near future. And I, and I think that's good advice, actually. You know, I think to understand, one, whether you've got some you know, regulatory demands that suggest that, yeah, you really need to worry about data erasure. But I think that, that second point as well about even if you don't feel you need to do it today, understand that over the next one, two, three years, that situation might change. So at least under, you know, may, speak to somebody with some experience in the space and, and understand... Yeah what the requirements might be and what you need to consider and start planning for perhaps doing that now. Because cause I would think in all organisations as well, you know, and, and like I said, the, the easy answer would be, of course, everybody should. But I think in all organisations, I think there is an element of that anyway. We will all hold some level of data, whether it's commercially sensitive or private information or personally sensitive information. It's stuff that we don't want to get out necessarily. So no, yeah. I think it's a fasc fascinating topic. So, so Paul, as we wrap up here, like if people want to find out more about White Canyon or want to find out more about you, uh, what, what's a good way they can do that? Can, you know, can they get kind of uh, free trials of what you guys do? Uh, what's a good way to find yeah. out more? Absolutely. Visit our websites. Uh, we have whitecanyon.com or wipedrive.com. Uh, you can see us on social media. You can go ahead and ping me if you want, at Paul Katzoff, K-A-T-Z-O-F-F, if you want. I'd, I'd be happy to answer your questions or speak to you as well. Um, we've been doing this for a long time, so come in, talk with us. We'll take you through what you're trying to do, what you hope to do. We'll help you improve your data security policy. We'll go through all those steps with you. This is what we've been doing for a long time, and by the looks of it, we're going to be here for a while doing it for a long time as well. So. So, well, Paul, I, I think it's been brilliant. I think it's a great chat and um, I've really enjoyed it. And I think it's it's opened up even for me, who's who's worked in the data industry for, you know, 25 years. You know, I, I think it, it's made me think slightly differently about this idea of data erasure. You know, I think we've touched on a, on a whole bunch of things there. So, Paul, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate your time and uh, look forward to having you on again sometime in the future. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. Have a great day, OK? I hope you enjoyed that. For show notes, pop over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous Tech Interviews episodes. And if you've got an idea for a show or would like to appear as a guest, then why not drop me an email at podcast at techstringy.com. 
To make sure you catch the next episode of Tech Interviews, then why not subscribe? You can subscribe in all good homes of podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. And of course, you can get the video version of the show over on YouTube. So until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.